Chapter 8 The Warmest Bed I've Ever Known. The warmest bed I've ever known. For all the fantasizing he had done before he had drifted off the night before, Remus's dreams were shockingly innocent. Oh, Sirius was in them, of course. Remus could hardly think of a dream in the last ten years that Sirius hadn't been a part of in some form, but they were built upon the themes of love and adoration and fondly gazing into one another's eyes underneath a blanket of stars. If Pete hadn't been camped out on his sofa, it was likely that Remus would have awoken to no less than four dozen texts asking him how he was feeling to fish for information about what had been said between he and Sirius the night before. In fact, just as Remus was breathing a sigh of relief at not having to answer the questions buried in four dozen texts, his bedroom door cracked open a bit. Are you awake? Pete whispered, but it was more like a loud hiss. I'm awake, Pete, Remus grumbled, just as a yawn barreled through his teeth. <sighs> Barely. We're having dinner with James and Lil tonight at their place. Pete said, moving into the room so he could sit on the edge of Remus's bed, obviously searching for Remus's expression in the still dark. Remus sighed heavily. Oh, Sirius will be there, won't he? He asked, rubbing one hand over his face, heaving another sigh. And this one was authentic because he knew this meant they would have to keep pretending. And the pretending was growing exhausting. Of course, they could tell their friends the truth, but that came with having to admit that they'd already been lying to them for the last several days. It was almost easier to just keep telling the lie while letting it fade out on its own, for their sake. Yes, Pete admitted, his voice soft and careful. You need to spend time with him, Mooney. Why? So I can listen to him gush about his boyfriend, Harry. He derided into the pillow, wondering to himself where he was even going with this line of debate and where it would end, because ultimately the plan would have to be that he and Sirius would find their way back to each other in the presence of their friends so that they would never know that Remus and Sirius had lied to them at all. He was making that endeavor a little more difficult the more he pressed this Harry Styles business. God, I never should have told you that, Pete groaned. Like I didn't already know. Remus barked back, throwing back the covers and moving into his closet so Pete didn't see the amused concern in his expression. After all, he was supposed to take Sirius on a date that same evening. It was going to be rather difficult for them both to get away from an otherwise friendly evening without raising suspicion. Just then, his mobile buzzed on his nightstand. That's probably Lily, Pete said, grabbing Remus's phone. While Remus was suddenly intensely grateful that he didn't have it set to preview the notification of a message on his lock screen. I'll go, but I can't promise I'll stay long. I'm already dragging and I've only been out of bed for... for... He glanced back at the analog clock hanging on the wall next to his bed. Twenty-nine seconds. Pete handed him his phone and Remus specifically didn't unlock it to check the text. Just have an open mind, Mooney. I still don't believe for a second that Sirius is in love with anyone but you. Whatever you say, Pete. He sighed in frustration, pulling a t-shirt over his head. I'll go open the shop before it gets too late. You know we get the most customers on Saturdays. Yes, boss. Pete replied with a sarcastic roll of his eyes. Shut up. I'll be down in ten minutes. 
Remus laughed, throwing a balled-up pair of socks at Pete's head as he ducked out of the room. As soon as Remus heard the front door of his flat close, he let out a breath and unlocked his phone to find the message was from exactly who he'd expected. Sirius. <sighs> They're playing matchmakers. We're being forced to have dinner together. It's ironic, because they're ruining our date. It was a good thing he'd let Pete leave before opening that text, because the smile on his face, even knowing beforehand that this text was from Sirius, tested the limits of what his face could withstand. Not even willing to postpone texting back for even ten seconds, Remus responded. Remus, it's not ruined, just postponed. We can fake a fight and leave early if you want. In a hurry, he pulled on his trousers and on his way out the door slipped into the jacket that Sirius had given him ten years ago, taking a moment to fondly thumb at the fabric at the collar. It was really just a habit. He didn't need to put on the jacket for the two steps that he would make in the cold air outside. But the weather outside almost didn't matter. On hot days, he carried it down anyway. As he opened the front door to the stairwell that led downstairs, his phone vibrated from the jacket pocket, and he slowed his steps in order to give himself time to read and reply. Serious. The lies are piling up. I'd rather not fake a fight. I mean, unless you're into that now. Oh my god, Mooney. Did you become a masochist while I was gone? When Remus walked into the shop, he found a couple already there, whispering and kissing and barely acknowledging that Remus had even opened the door, other than the sharp, biting breeze that followed in after him. At the change in temperature, they glanced over, still snuggling and giggling. Good morning, Remus said softly. Have you been helped yet? Yes, thank you. One of the women grinned while the other nuzzled her nose behind the first woman's ear trying not to further interrupt their moment and simultaneously trying to send a flurry of texts before pete moved from the back room or he moved into it remus stepped behind the counter remus no i don't think so maybe you should choke me a bit and find out think of it as my penance for breaking your heart i knew we had some more in the back Pete said with a smile as he merged from the back of the shop in the same moment that Remus pocketed his mobile, keeping his hand on it to feel for the inevitable vibration when Sirius texted him back. When he saw Remus, his smile got bigger, but it was strange and reserved, almost like Pete was the one keeping a secret lover, and not Remus. I'm sorry. Did I not stalk the counter last night? Remus asked with a wince, knowing his mind had been immensely preoccupied lately. There was no telling the number of little things he'd forgotten to do as a result of Sirius being back in his life, including day-to-day -day things involving running a business. No, no, Pete waved off. These ladies just bought a dozen of your... With a short clearing of his throat, he glanced at Remus with that same strange smile. <clears throat> Sirius black-flavored chocolate. Remus turned an immediate shade of pink. Ah, right. Good choice. He laughed awkwardly before having to swallow a very thick, very persistent mass of embarrassment at how the girls across the counter seemed to exchange an entertained look at his reaction. Did you get into the show last night? 
Just barely, they said in unison. They laughed and the first woman spoke again. We each got one of these chocolates last night and we knew we had to take a box back home with us. Thank you. I'm glad you enjoy them so much, Remus said with a modest grin. Tell all your friends. At first he laughed and Pete laughed with him, but the girls just looked on with amusement. Oh, I have a feeling the word has already spread, she said with eyes shining. As they walked from the shop, Remus turned to Pete with a raised eyebrow before casting a worried glance at the door. What do you think that meant? Pete asked only a split second before the door opened again and a throng of young girls poured into the shop. Pete's jaw went cartoonishly slack. Let me guess, Remus said with a knowing grin. You're here to try Sirius Black, aren't you? In response, a wave of girlish giggling moved through the crowd. I think you'll find it quite satisfying. I know you didn't do it on purpose, but that was marketing genius, naming a chocolate after Sirius while the man himself was in town. Pete laughed loudly as they walked to James and Lily's flat. Oh, it's been called the Sirius Black all along. I just didn't tell you about it, Remus said with a sly grin as he shoved his shoulder into Pete's playfully, but nearly knocking Pete into the brush beyond the border of the beaten path in the woods behind the shop that connected James and Lily Street. If you had done that whole little production the way you did that first time, Pete cast a side-eyed glance in Remus's direction as he burst into dramatics, mocking the way Remus had described why he'd chosen the chocolate's namesake. The hint of cayenne in the bourbon center makes you feel all hot and bothered, he whined before Remus hit him. We would have sold twice as many as that, even. We physically couldn't have sold twice as many, Pete. We were out of them before the day was over. Remus let out a sigh, feeling the effects of the day in his back and shoulders. Also, shut up. I'm just saying, Pete shrugged, if you described that chocolate to Sirius the way you described it to that customer, he'd be a puddle in your hands. Quickly, Remus pulled his lips into his teeth to stifle the grin he could feel building, remembering that Sirius had responded exactly that way. <laughs> Whatever you say, Remus said with a light laugh as he raised his fist to knock on James and Lily's front door but before he could even make contact with the wood, the door yanked open. Thank God. Pete, help me. Lily seethed, looking wide-eyed as she grabbed Pete by the wrist and pulled him into the flat, while Remus stood there looking perplexed and feeling overlooked. Hello to you too, he shouted, playfully annoyed but honestly quite amused, and he followed, closing the door behind him. There was an immediate jump in his pulse to see Sirius and James sitting next to one another on the couch, with an unwarranted but involuntary softening of Remus's expression. Hi, Mooney, Lily yelled from the kitchen. I'll hug you after my culinary crisis has been averted. With a smile, James stood and he embraced Remus for only a moment. I'd better go see if there's anything I can do, he said aloud, adding in a whisper. Talk to him, Remus. Please. As James disappeared around the corner and into the kitchen, Remus set his eyes on the object of his affection, taking note of the way Sirius had parted his hair to highlight the silver sprinkled in at his right temple. It was the same way he always parted his hair, the grays highlighting the corrugated line, as if they had been intentionally placed there, sewn like a row of white clover in a meadow burned to black. 
When he turned toward Remus, the metal ring in his left nostril managed to catch the sunlight streaming in from the window behind him, the ephemeral glimmer of light dancing across his face like a beacon, drawing Remus's attention to the delicacy of Sirius's features, like his softened cheekbones that only looked sharp because of the way the rest of his face seemed to cave in under the influence. There was a slight mischievous smile on Sirius's lips as he let himself sink into the sofa cushions while Remus walked over, widening the difference in their height from where Sirius sat, but evidently allowing Sirius to get a more complete view of Remus before him. And he seemed to study Remus the same way that Remus was studying him, his mercurial gaze roving over Remus's features just the same. Hi, Sirius whispered. Or maybe it wasn't a whisper, maybe he had just mouthed it and Remus's brain had filled it in with Sirius's voice, because Remus had spent half his life in such a state of longing to hear that voice that sometimes he imagined it in places it shouldn't have been. Hi, Remus said back and he really did whisper it, but it was so soft and so fragile that it could barely survive in the wild air outside Remus's mouth. Carefully, just like the secret it was, Sirius lifted his hand to Remus's side and Remus moved forward to meet it, their fingertips brushing fleetingly. I'd kiss you if I thought I wasn't being watched just now, Sirius said under his breath as Remus settled into an armchair near Sirius, but nowhere near as close as he wanted to be. We'll make up for it later, Remus promised, his eyes flittering down to watch Sirius's lips. To make Remus's want worse, Sirius flagrantly shifted his tongue, holding that stud between his canines. Just as Remus began to eagerly lean forward, his elbows on his knees, James came back into the room, looking just a bit perturbed. Remus was sure he knew the reason, and he prodded, just for fun. Everything all right, Prongs? He asked, not risking a glance in Sirius's direction. Just wishing we'd gone for the flat with the open floor plan. He grumbled, looking backward long enough for Remus to flash his eyebrows up at Sirius and to receive the identical motion from Sirius in return. When James's attention moved with him and he settled onto the sofa next to Sirius, it got quiet, intentionally so, because Remus, and likely Sirius as well, were trying to make it as awkward as possible. So, James said, nodding his head. Remus coughed to cover a laugh. Good show last night, right, Mooney? And while James was looking at Remus, Sirius was smiling like an absolute devil. <clears throat> As always, I'm sure, Remus replied, non-committal in his response, expression blank. Well, I thought it was brilliant, James added quickly, as if certain that Sirius's ego would inflame if not properly and frequently stroked. But Sirius remained quiet, twirling the ends of his hair between his fingers from where his hands remained in his lap his head bent low to accommodate the difference in distance. To cover the silence, James continued, Love the songs you picked. Boys of Summer, Remus stated softly, much to the surprise of both James and Sirius. Hard to forget that one. Made a lot of memories with that song in the background. At first, Sirius opened his mouth and Remus could see the innuendo on his studded tongue, but he clamped his lips closed. I told you last night the reason I chose that song, Sirius said, narrowing his darkened eyes in Remus's direction, as if recognizing this for the challenge Remus had created it to be. No, 
Let me remind you what happened last night, Remus responded harshly, having no idea where he was going with this, but making it up as he went along. You played a Harry Styles song like it was some inside joke that I wasn't invited to laugh at, but I'm not an idiot, Sirius. I see things. Is that right? Sirius scoffed, and Remus was relieved to remember what a good actor Sirius was, because he looked legitimately pissed off. You're taking a gossip column as truth now, are you? I'd have to, since you stopped speaking to me, Remus remarked, his bitterness affront. Last I checked, I was given a pretty valid reason to stop speaking to you, Sirius stated bluntly, and Remus took it bluntly, knowing this was the argument that they hadn't let themselves have. Remus let out a short breath. You're right he admitted with a careful nod. You're absolutely right. What you have with someone else is none of my business. Because you're not mine anymore. He purposefully softened his expression as he looked at Sirius, only vaguely aware of James's wide-eyed expression next to them, his eyes anxiously darting back and forth between the two of them. For a while, Sirius was silent, just watching Remus the way Remus was watching him, and James was somewhere in between in an apparent struggle with himself over whether he would let the two of them come to a resolution on their own, or try to act as a mediator to resolve it for them, but more swiftly. I guess it doesn't matter, but I don't have anything with anybody else, Sirius confessed in a near whisper, leaning forward, his elbows on his knees to mirror Remus's posture. But before Remus could speak again, the volume in Sirius's voice rose again as he leaned back onto the couch with an exasperated sigh. <sighs> but that's because I've been so preoccupied by the fact that I don't have anything with you either. This time it was Remus's turn to go silent as he plotted the best way to proceed. Sirius had picked up on his cues to turn the conversation into something more sentimental but now Remus had to take it and resolve any of the remaining tension. In the silence, James began literally wringing his hands in worry. I'm tired of not having anything with you, Sirius, Remus replied honestly. I want something. A cautious smile moved over Sirius's lips, accompanied by a slight pink blush at the corner of Sirius's eyes, one that Remus knew couldn't have been falsified. So you listening to what I sang to you last night. Sirius spoke quietly, reverently, and Remus leaned forward even further to get closer. I heard every word. To enhance his performance, Remus began to reach his hand towards Sirius's knee, while Sirius's attention was drawn toward the window, but hesitated and pulled it back. The anguish in James's expression as he watched that moment play out incompletely was as hilarious as it was painful. With what was supposed to look like embarrassment, Sirius pushed his hair out of his face, blinking furiously, as if to smother imaginary tears. I probably came on a little too strong last night. You know, it's not like I want to pick up where we left off ten years ago or anything. Sirius huffed, and Remus almost laughed out loud, remembering the way Sirius had straddled him on the sofa on the very first night. Maybe we could just pick up right here, Remus reasoned. 
The smile that bloomed on Sirius's face was genuine, shining silver eyes and tender upward curve in the center of his thick, dark eyebrows. Yeah, I'd like that, Sirius agreed, nodding gently. As Remus glanced over at James, his lips were pressed into a thin line, his hazel eyes wide and shimmering with the threat of joyful tears. Oh god, don't cry, Prongs, Remus groaned, but Sirius just laughed, sliding one arm around James's shoulders so he could pull him close. In response, James gripped onto Sirius's shirt tightly. Let him cry, Mooney, Sirius said, patting James on the head. He's earned it. He's suffered. <sighs> Mooney, Remus acknowledged with a fragile expression, watching Sirius wince a bit as he realized he'd called Remus by that name without intending to. I missed that more than anything. <laughs> more than anything? I wonder if I should be offended by that, Sirius winked. I'm not allowed to talk about the other things I miss, Padfoot, since we're just friends now. Oh, Padfoot, Sirius sighed contentedly, letting himself and James, still tucked within his arms, fall back against the cushion of the sofa. Remus went a little pink at the way he breathed it out. You're right. I really missed the sound of that. There was only a moment of silence and a shared smile before a muffled breath that sounded like a choked sob emerged from where James was buried in Sirius's chest. I am so proud of you both, James cried, sitting up and pulling Sirius with him so that he could wrap his other arm around Remus's neck, embracing them both. Of course, this resulted in Sirius and Remus's face being forcefully pressed together, with James's face squished between their chests. Without even a thread of hesitation and worry that James would hear the distinctive sound it could have left, Sirius angled his chin and unsettled Remus's lips with his own, slowly delicately, but with vulgar intent. Before Remus could inevitably let out an aching breath at the desperate want that Sirius had incited in him, James let out a loud sniffle, obscuring the unmistakable smack of the separation of wet lips, and he pulled away, releasing Sirius and Remus to return to the previous seating arrangement. Lily Pete, come quick, they're friends again. And, with a distinct lack of any lapse in time that told Remus they had been waiting just around the corner, Lily and Pete both appeared with a victorious shout, Lily tackling Remus in a hug and Pete doing the same to Sirius. <laughs> we figured the dinner was your nefarious plot to force us back together, Remus said with a stifled laugh, Lily's arms still encircling his neck tightly. At once, Pete looked over him curiously. We? he said pointedly, and suddenly all eyes were on him. Shit. Sirius spoke up quickly and calmly. Yes, we had just enough time to discuss it in the millisecond that James allowed us to be alone before he returned to forcefully chaperone. They exchanged a single glance, wiped clean of any telling hint of concern, but it went unnoticed. I told you to give them space. Lily hissed, leaning over to whack James on the shoulder. In fact, she leaned so far over from the arm of Remus's chair that Remus had to hold her to keep her from falling. Well, it worked out, didn't it? He laughed, guarding from her fists. You were supposed to stay in the kitchen and pretend to cook with us, Lily cackled. Pretend to cook? Even the 
Food was a ruse, Sirius whined dramatically. Nobody panic, Pete shouted, and they all went still to look over at him, James still in Sirius's arms and defending himself from Lily's fingernails, Remus holding Lily by the waist to keep her from face-planting into the carpet. All eyes on him, Pete just smiled, wide and innocent. Pete's is on the way. And then McGonagall rushes in and tries to catch us all in the act. James wheezed, holding his sides in a futile effort to relieve some of the pressure his boisterous laughter had accumulated in his chest. Likewise, Pete rolled on the floor from the sofa, laughing so hard it was soundless. Sirius continued his thought, struggling to speak through his own laughter. I still swear on my mother's grave. When she walked into that classroom to find it totally empty, she said the word fuck. Oh, bullshit, Remus vocalized, emptying out his lungs on the vowels. With the various liquors in his gut, Remus was just a bit more loose-lipped than usual, and when he looked up from where he was seated on the carpet, his back resting against the edge of the sofa next to Sirius's leg, he could see the amusement in Sirius's expression, settled just above the mild concern that Remus would say something to spoil their secret. No way, Pads. No way in hell. He leaned a bit further into Sirius's thigh. I'm telling you, Sirius laughed loudly. I was just beyond the door. I heard it. With a smooth flourish of his wrist, he emptied the contents of his glass into his open mouth, and when he moved to set his glass onto the coffee table where they were all gathered around, still stacked high with the half-empty pizza boxes, the movement of his arm ruffled Remus's hair. Sorry, love, he hummed, running his fingers down to the base of Remus's skull. As he realized what he'd done, he pulled his hand back. Oh, sorry. Uh, I... habit. Oh, I'm... it's fine, Remus stammered, feeling flustered and then feeling absolutely ridiculous because Sirius had already touched him, and would touch him again, much more explicitly than that. You guys know that story's become an urban legend at the school, right? Pete asked. Really? Sirius practically squealed with his delight. Well, they never caught us. Remus grinned arrogantly. And we were quite meticulous with the details. James agreed, emptying his glass too. Lily let out a derisive snort. <laughs> it's a legend because it was insane, she emphasized. It took you until after sunrise to move all those desks to the roof, which is why McGonagall nearly caught you. But we weren't caught, Pete said smugly. Which is why it's an urban legend, Sirius agreed, winking at Pete. I'm not saying it wasn't impressive, Lily remarked, ignoring the victorious high five between Sirius and James that followed, and the, hell yeah it was, from Pete. But you didn't even get to take credit for it, nobody even knows it was you. The least you could have done was start the rumor that it was. I don't know that anyone would have believed us if we had tried to take credit for it. James shrugged. Besides, half the fun was in the mystery of it, Sirius said, stealing a glance down at Remus just as Remus was doing the same. The fun was in having a secret that only the four of us knew. Hmm, <laughs> like my scar, Remus said with a wild grin and the four boys burst into new laughter. God, do you remember the day after we wrecked the golf cart? All the questions. Pete said with a nostalgic sigh, grabbing someone's leftover crust from the pizza box and taking a bite. 
First, they thought James and Remus had gotten into a fist fight because, you know, the abundance of head wounds, Sirius said to Lily, who hadn't been in their friend group when all of this occurred. In fact, if Remus remembered correctly, it was more appropriate to say she hated them then. That's what I thought, Lily said, sipping smugly on her tea. I thought, serves that toe rag right. James let out a loud, incredulous laugh. <laughs> sure, Lily, sure, he said in broad disbelief, pulling Lily into his lap from where she had been perched on the arm of the sofa. For the sake of your pride, I'll just pretend that you didn't tenderly caress my face that time. You offered to take a look at the still open wound on the top of my head. And we'll ignore the fact that you ran your fingers through my hair. Okay, that last part is 100% a lie, sir. She sassed with the broadest smile that Remus had seen on her face in weeks. I'll admit to tenderly caressing your face, but I was holding gauze to your bleeding head. I really wasn't about to start running my fingers to your crusty-ass hair. Crusty? James shrieked with near indignity as Lily laughed wickedly. At least your crusty-ass hair got you a cool nickname and not Wormtail. Pete said with a dramatic rolling of his eyes, though Remus could see the hidden fondness in his expression. Oh, that's right, Remus said dreamily, letting his head fall back onto the sofa cushion, nuzzled against Sirius's thigh so he could watch him smile back. That was the first time you called me Mooney. And you've been my Mooney ever since, Sirius replied softly, bringing his hand up to brush the soft curls from Remus's forehead his fingers ghosting down the side of Remus's face, burying themselves delicately within the graying hair at Remus's temple and grazing against the sensitive shell of his ear. Even when I wasn't, Remus asked carefully, swallowing deeply and feeling it move tightly down the full length of his curved throat, but Sirius's attention didn't divert to it. His eyes stayed on Remus's face. With a sorrowful smile, Sirius nodded, even when you thought you weren't. It was only when Remus noticed that the rest of the room was strikingly silent that Remus realized the conversation hadn't carried on without them, that James and Pete and Lily were all watching them with rapt attention. Quickly, Remus lifted his head. Jesus, is it that late already? He laughed, met with doleful expressions on all his friends' faces save for the one who was looking sheepish, but a bit pleased. I've got to go. I promised my mum that I'd, uh, clean out some of the keepsakes from my old room. Um, uh, and friend of hers is supposed to visit tomorrow, and my old room is really a disaster as of now, so I'd better. Sirius jumped in to take some of the pressure. I'd better be off too, lads. Reg will kill me if I wake him up again tonight by sneaking in the back gate. There are still girls camped out in front of his house, you know. So I've got to make a big show of leaving tomorrow morning so they'll think I've gone home. Well, this was fun, Lily said cheerily, though Remus found it strange that she was looking at James with rather stern, cautionary gaze. His eyebrows furrowed as his eyes darted over to Pete only to see that Pete was looking at him with a cartoonishly wide grin, like the cat that got the cream. We should do this again soon, Sirius said, not addressing the awkward tension that had just enveloped the room. Luckily, Pete then stood, gathering his jacket, and the tension broke a bit. Next time, I'll bring over some of my old photos. That should be fun, Remus grinned. 
and not at all embarrassing for everyone. James said with an easy laugh, and Remus couldn't, for the life of him, figure out what had prompted Lily to give him such a strict glare. Remus, I'll walk with you, Pete said as he wriggled into his jacket. Sirius, be safe driving back to Reg's house. No telling what those fangirls will do to get a piece of you. They may do some crazy things, but they're actually wonderfully polite. Well, most of them, he said, making a playful grimace, and Remus wondered how he'd found out the ones who weren't polite. Lock your doors and windows anyway, Pads, James said with a chuckle, wrapping one arm around Lily's waist as they stood at the door waving. Good night, lads. Behave yourselves. There was a fleeting glance shared between Remus and Sirius, paranoid but in the most amusing way, as they parted at Sirius's sleek black car. A rock star's car, if Remus had ever seen one. Good night, Sirius, Pete said, walking a bit ahead of Remus, which Remus took full advantage of, by spinning on his heels to turn his back to Pete and gave Sirius a rather specific look. Good night, Padfoot, he said quietly, but with an eyebrow raised in question. The expression on Sirius's face was unparalleled, the moonlight striking his silver eyes to make them appear alive and kinetic, the shadows and the unshaven skin under his sharp cheekbones, leaving dark caverns on his face. When he returned a slight nod, subtle enough that Pete wouldn't catch on, his hair seemed to swell around his face like it was weightless, like he was underwater and his curls were captured in a separate current. Good night, Mooney, Sirius replied softly, pulling his bottom lip into his teeth as he craned his head slightly to pull a section of his long hair that had been trapped within the collar of his leather jacket. As Remus turned to catch up with Pete, he let himself stay a few steps behind so that he could make sure Sirius knew the plan. He sent a quick text before pocketing his phone, just in time, because as soon as they moved off the dark brush onto the main street, Pete turned to look at him, eyes flashing. That went rather well, didn't it? He asked excitedly, and Remus nodded. Yeah, he said, letting his voice go a little marshy in his sentimentalism. It did. And for the first time since Sirius effortlessly slipped back into his life, Remus felt like he had the first time he'd fallen in love with Sirius Black, back when they were still young, still friends, still awkward in their advances. Even with all the progress they had made in secret, when Sirius had brushed his fingers down Remus's face just moments ago, there was still a sudden pitch in the hollows of his stomach, something built from anticipation built from restlessness, but not at all unpleasant, not at all uncomfortable. It was strange feeling like he was falling in love again when he hadn't ever fallen out of it in the first place. It was a bit like deja vu, he'd been here before. His stomach had done somersaults back then when Sirius's touch had lingered a bit too long. His heart rate had spiked every time Sirius called him Mooney. His breathing had quickened when Sirius looked at him with that intense silver gaze. And now, they were doing all those things again, feeling all those things over again. But there was a level of gratitude now that hadn't quite been there before, because he never thought they'd be here again. Maybe the gratitude was the best part of it. It reminded him that he had never experienced the level of happiness he had when he was with Sirius, and to be allowed to feel that happiness again was beyond anything Remus ever thought he could deserve. 
and as he slid into the seat of his father's old pickup truck with a smile on his face, he decided to make sure he repaid Sirius for that tenfold. <laughs> 